again, it's your girl, Alexandra the Great. And um, we're just going to get straight right into it. We're talking about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 5. And you're like, Game of Thrones, where's your fur, girl? I have a busy day. I got to go do things <laughs> after I'm done recording. And it's also really hot today, so I ain't feel like putting the fur on. So I'm just giving y'all a little cuteness today because uh, this episode disappointed me. I'm not going to lie. But let's just go, let's just dive right in. The episode is called The Bells. Um, also referred to hashtag The Last War online while we were live tweeting. Um, opening credits. Again, the animation changes a little bit every week. This week, the only thing that was added were, were those burial, burial plots from after the Battle of Winterfell. Um, wow. See, this is how busy I am. I started recording. I didn't even put my lighting up. Mm, there we are that's where I want to be um so yeah the burial plots um pop up Winterfell is still a little damaged but nothing has really changed um but it's gonna be some big changes in the animation next week but we'll get there um so the opening scene is Varys writing a letter to who knows who but you can see in the little pieces that we can read the names of Ray, Raygon, Raygal, Daenerys's brother, and also Eddard Stark and stuff. So you could tell that he's about he finna snitch. He's writing a letter about Jon Snow's true identity. Um, and then a little girl walks in, and she's talking about how Danny's not eating and this and the third. And the first time watching, I didn't really notice what bear said he said we'll try again at supper try again what um so you know after like catching that the second time watching it was like oh homeboy is trying to poison danny okay that's fine um all right so, um martha's scared because you know the soldiers and things are watching her and i mean of course they are girl they're supposed to be protecting the queen um and then you get the quote the greater the risk the greater the reward um, so then the next scene, um, John is coming, is, has arrived to Dragonstone. They're at Dragonstone at this point. He has arrived to Dragonstone and Varys is like, hey, you know, Targaryens, they may or may not be crazy. I'm not sure, I'm not so sure about Danny, but I know about you and I'm rooting for you. And John's like, I don't want to be king. And Varys is like, but should be. And John's like, but no, get out my face. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, breeze right through this, you know, we're gonna get to the meat and the gristle of this. Um, and then following that conversation, you see a conversation with Daenerys and Tyrion. And Danny is looking like real disheveled, her hair's looking a little frizzy, like it ain't been combed in a minute. And you know, at first, you know, because I didn't notice the part when they were talking about, you know, poisoning her. Um, but she's not eating. She looks disheveled. You know, she's been upset. She just lost a dragon and her best friend on top of all the other things she's lost. So I'm thinking, you know, Danny's a little depressed right now and relatable. Like, I felt it. But, um, so Danny is like, someone has betrayed me. Which is why Tyrion came to her in the first place. He was ready to snitch on Varys. But... She's like, Jon Snow 
betrayed me. And Tyrion's like, what? No, Varys did. Pause. I'm so hungry. It's been a very busy day. Mm. And then Danny's like, I mean, sure, but who told Varys? You. And who told you? Sansa. And who told Sansa? John. So John betrayed me. But I guess, you know, Tyrion talks her off the ledge or whatever and just focuses on Varys. And that's what brings us to the next scene. The Unsullied go to Varys' office or space, wherever he is. Chain him up. And he is sentenced to death. Um, all these moments are like, wow. But, you know, they bring Varys out to the beach for his uh, sentencing. And Tyrion immediately admits that he's the one who told. And Bear says, I hope I'm wrong. Um, and there was a lot of talk online. Well, not a lot, but I've seen some talk online about how, like, Barris promised to talk to Danny before conspiring behind her back. But all he does is conspire. That's not true. He did stop to her. In season seven, yes, if I'm correct, in season seven, he did stop to her and let her know, like, hey, you know some of the things you're deciding. I'm, I'm trying to tell you. What's that season seven or this season? It's all such a blur now. But anyways, um, he did step to her at least once. He's, he didn't say he wouldn't conspire. He said he would come to her before conspiring. And that's what he did. So, you know. But it burns him in the butt, literally. Um... Danny hits hits him with a very eerie Dracarys and Dragon does his job. Whoosh, fire. Um, during this burning, you peep a little moment where John is like kind of giving the side eye to Danny, and that'll lead on to the, to what's coming next. Um, the next scene, Danny um, and Grey Worm are in a private room next to a fire and talking about Missandei. And Danny has the slave choker that belonged to her. Why do we still have this? And then she mentioned that that was Missandei's only possession. Why is that her only possession after all this time? She's been with you for years. Do none of those pretty justices counting her possessions? Did she not like, you ain't buy her nothing in all this time? Why would she still have her slave choker? The other slaves, when they were free, just dropped them on the ground. No one still has that. Why would she hold on to that? So question questionable writing again i don't get it i don't i don't understand and then also um when john comes in and she dismisses um gray worm the she speaks in valerian and the captions of the screen are all in english except when she says torgo nundo which i'm assuming means gray worm in valerian so why didn't the translation pop up on screen qtna maybe i'm being a little nitpicky but, you know, the writers have not proven to be doing very well in their job this season. So, I was trying to be patient. But now, the second Miss Sunday died, all cars were off. Like, I'm going to be real judgy. I ain't going to lie. Hold on. I'm so hungry. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm, mm, mm. I'm sorry if my chewing annoys you. 
chewing annoys me too. I'm so sorry. But if you enjoy people chewing, let me know because I can make some of those videos. They're very popular. Okay. So anyways, those nitpicky details. But so John is here and Danny is like, you know, I don't have people, people in, um, Westeros love you. I don't have love here. I only have fear. Then John says he loves her. But then when she leans in to kiss him, he pulls away. Make it make sense. I don't understand. This whole scene confused the crap out of me. Why is this happening? Now, I will say that I already know John and Danny don't love each other like that no more. Like, Danny, my thing with Danny is that She's trying to like, she's lost a lot. So she, one, she's trying to hold on to something. And there's also a little mixture of the fact that she ain't never been rejected before. Not once. Every man that she's come across wants her. Obsessed with her. Every last one. So John is the first person to be like, skirt, yeet, yeet. And she don't know how to handle that. Mixed on top of everything else. So. Um, but John pushing her away at that moment, I know, like, he's a little questionable of her right now, but it also seemed weird to me. How are you going to say you love someone and then push them away in the same second? So I don't know if that's poor writing, again, me being nitpicky, or if that's just another example of, of John being uh, one of Ned's dumbass kids. Uh, coined by Tatiana King Jones of Foreign Nerds and Castle Black. I didn't, you know, I'm giving credit for where I get, got things from. Um, yeah, so I don't know if he's just being a dumbass Stark or what, but so he pulls away and then she's like, okay, let it be fear. So yeah, foreshadowing. Um, so in the next scene, they're planning, you know, the attack on King's Landing. And now that Varys is gone, it seems like Tyrion has taken the mantle for speaking for the people and whatnot. Um, but regardless, Danny does not care. Um, Tyrion says, you know, if you hear, if they, when they surrender, they're going to ring the bells. If you ring the bells, please promise that you'll call off the attack. Now, the first time watching see that's why i got watched multiple times first time watching i didn't really notice this moment but when he says promise to call off the attack danny don't make no promises she just is silent and moves on or shadowing so she ain't make no promises about them bells um danny do what she want to do moving on we are at king's landing and or close to it i should say um, and you see Arya and, excuse me, Arya and the Hound headed to King's Landing. They're almost there because they have reached, uh, the camp where the Lannister men are, the Lannister soldiers. And one of them confronts them like, hey, where are you going? Da, da, da. And Arya is straight with it. She's like, I'm Arya Stark and I'm here to, to kill Queen Cersei. And then his dumbass is like, oh, I gotta... I gotta talk to my general. The Lannister army has never, ever been strong or loyal. Not once. That should have been a moment where they attacked them. They ain't do nothing. They went on their way. Small scene, but I just like that 
Arya's a big boss, and so she ain't got nothing to hide. No games to play. She's going to tell you what it is and what it's going to be. Period. Um, so, Jamie got captured by the Unsullied because he was trying to leave Waterfell to go back to King's Landing. And they saw him because he still has gold hand on, like a dummy. Um, so Tyrion, you know, makes his way into the camp where they're holding him and goes to talk to Jamie. And, ooh, and, um, you know, Tyrion is like, how did they catch you? Again, the golden hand. And I didn't really think about this the first three or four times that I binged this entire series. But honestly, John and John and Jamie are like the same person for their families. Really good soldiers, nice guys, great fighters, right? But dumb as dirt. They make really stupid decisions. And this is demonstrated right here for Jamie. Um, why wouldn't you like, that's your most identifying thing right now. Take it off, you look like any other white guy. They would have never known. But anyways, so Tyrion says Jamie free. And he implores him to like get back to King's Landing, get Cersei, get them to ring the bells. So you know, because he's trying to save the innocent people. Um, and then, honestly, I'm so confused as to why Tyrion is so pressed to save Cersei. The only thing that makes sense is that because Cersei is pregnant and he knows it's Jamie's kid. So maybe he's just trying to save Jamie's kid. That's the only thing that can make sense of this. Because otherwise, like, why don't you want her to die? Bye. But then they had like a little emotional moment, saying their goodbyes. And you know, it's clear that Jamie finna die with this scene. Um, they say their goodbyes and things. And Tyrion's like, you're the only person that never treated me like a monster. It was sweet. I got a little misty. It was good. I liked it. Mm, mm, mm. Leftover Chipotle is the best Chipotle. And you could quote me on that. Mm. Okay. So... Okay, next scene. It's the next day. Everyone's getting prepared for, prepared for battle. The Lannister army and the Golden Company army, they're getting in position. All the common folk are kind of like trying to run into the walls. Or if they're already there, they're trying to get like into their homes and close in the shutters and things. Um, Golden Company is such a waste of time, but we'll get there. Let's see. Then the Northmen, the Northmen, the Unsullied, and the Dothraki. I don't know where all these extra Dothraki came from, but they're there. They're over yonder. They're ready to attack. And Tyrion leans into John and reminds him that if you hear those bells, remember that's a surrender. Call off the attack. Whole lot of emphasis on these bells this week. Um, and before I move forward, there was, because you know, I like to listen to the book readers. I haven't read the books, but a book reader was talking about um, how 
the Bells were also involved with the Mad King going crazy at some point. So Tyrion being the historian that he is, like, why wouldn't he think about that? I don't know. I don't something, some kind of relationship to the Bells in the books in the past is something. When the Mad King went crazy. So if you know what I'm talking about, then, you know, I don't know how to explain it because I didn't read the books, but still. Um, let's see. Cersei's up in the Red Keep looking down. She looks really confident for God knows why. You might want to eat that, sis. Um, and then, so you again, the people are trying to get into the walls of King's Landing so they're safe and whatnot. Arya and Clegane kind of push back a few people and they get in right before they close the doors. Who does not get in is Jamie, who took too long. I don't know why. But, so he has to figure out another way to get in. And, you know, he lived there for a long time, so he knows how. He's just got to go around the back or something. Um, and, okay, so this next scene, I love. You see the you see Euron and the Iron Fleet in the ocean. Scorpions on every ship just sitting there waiting, looking, waiting, waiting. And then in the distance, all up in the clouds, boom, here comes Drogon, right? And now he coming down on these ships like straight down. He is coming for them. Danny finally put some strategy into this joint. It's coming straight down in a straight line instead of like this. So it's harder to shoot at him. And, you know, Danny knows what to expect now. So she lighting up all them shits. You know, ships. Ships. I'm not. Anyways, she's lighting up all the ships. <laughs> and, you know, a few of them shoot at it. But, you know, Drogon is dodging and turning. Kind of goes, like, behind them because they can't turn around those scorpions very fast. So, Drogon does a little loop-de-loop, hits him from behind. Like, it was amazing. It's wonderful choreography, if I do say so myself. Um, including Euron's ship gets blown up. And he was so close to the fire, he should have died, honestly. But, of course, he didn't. Saw that coming. Um, but we'll get there. So, shout out to that. All the scorpions are gone. Drogon is now free to do what he do. Um, so after they take out those ships, Danny goes ahead and blasts the, the golden company are on the front lines that she blasts them. Boom. Blows a hole right through the gates and her army is free to make it right on through. Right now, Cersei's still watching from the Red Keep. She can see what is happening, yet somehow she's still delusional. Her hand the old Frankenstein dude, whose name I don't remember, he has to tell her, like, girl, they done took all of the scorpions. Girl, they done took out the entire Golden Company. You see this happening, like, we're not finna win this. But she's still delusional. Fine, whatever. Who cares? So the Northmen, Danny's army, makes it to the Lannister men inside of the wall. And as expected, their unloyal asses are like, look, I'm not here. I'm not with the shits. They throw their swords down and surrender. And then it's kind of like a quiet moment. And then you can hear like voices like, ring the bells, ring the bells, ring the bells. I guess this is supposed to be like a suspenseful moment, but I wasn't in suspense like at all. Um, the bells are rung. Sorry. 
The bells are rung. Tyrion looks relieved for like a second or whatever. But then Danny is like, you know what? F these bells. The bell don't dismiss you. I do. So she decides to do what she want to do. Now, in this moment, I really thought that she was just going straight for the Red Keep to get Cersei, right? But for whatever reason, she decides to light up the people first. And I guess she's making Cersei watch this fair. But I, I didn't enjoy it like I thought I was going to. I was so excited, like literally since before this season started, I was so excited for the Mad Queen to come. Because first of all, they've been hinting at, the, hinting at this since season one. I don't care what no one says. If you didn't notice that before, if you think they just started this this season, you ain't been watching the show. They've been hinting at this since season one. I've been waiting for the Mad Queen to come, okay? I thought it was going to be more fun than it was. But that, I will chalk up to good cinematography because, woo, they made me feel it. I was like, this is not, I don't want this. I don't know. I don't want it. Uh, no. But anyways, she starts lighting up the people. And, <coughs> sorry. So when Danny pops off, Grey Worm pops off. He picks up that spears and chucks it at the first Lannister man he could find. And then everyone else pops off. They slicing and dicing. And there was a lot of blood. This is probably the most gory scene on Game of Thrones ever. If, if not just this season. It's the most gory one I've seen in a long time. For sure. Um, and then, you know, John is being his clueless self. Um, he's distraught. He tries to get them to stop or whatever. And then for a moment... Grey Worm like looks back at John, giving him like a little side eye, and I feel like he's gonna snitch Danny next week. He's gonna be like, "Excuse me, your little boyfriend tried to stop the da 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 da." We're gonna see how that goes. I think he's gonna snitch because Grey Worm and Danny are still like this. That's that's all she got right now. Um, hmm. So yeah. Um. Oh, and I also want to say, like, in between the bigger scenes, you can still see Jamie like, going through the back alleys and stuff, trying to get into King's Landing. I thought he made it inside just in time to ring the bells himself. I thought he did it, but he didn't. Someone else did. Anyways. Um, so, this is a bigger scene. Jamie finally gets to the back entrance of the Red Keep where Tyrion was telling him to escape. He sees the boat and everything, so he's going in through the back. He runs into who? Who else? Euron, who washed up on that part of shore. What? And they get to fighting. Um, I call this the baby daddy brawl. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, so they start fighting or whatever. da 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 da, -da. Um, Come back to Cersei. I don't know what her problem she's still in denial um her hand is trying to get her to leave she's like you know we're i mean he he's like we're in danger and we need to go so she's like the red keep is the safest place and yeah um the unsullied have breached the walls of the red keep sis it's time to go um so yeah so Cersei and them, um, Cersei, her hand, the mountain, the king's guard, they finally get their ass moving. And 
Danny still flying around on Drogon, lighting everything up, right? Now, one thing I really, really enjoyed while watching is that when she got to certain pockets of the city, you can see the big green flames come up. That was, goodness, I got the burps today. That was the, uh, the wildfire. You see little pockets of wildfire pop up? Those were the pockets of wildfire that her crazy father hid throughout the city. So she's the one activating the wildfire that he wanted to activate in the first place. The callbacks. It's a callback to season zero before the show started. Like, ooh, that was a moment I really loved. That part, I don't know if that's a writing a good writing moment or a good cinematography moment but either way whoever remembered to put those pockets in there they was on it so i'm gonna reiterate i was disappointed with this episode but there was those the, some of those moments they kept they kept me okay so the pockets of wildfire happened wonderful loved it enjoyed it sorry mess with this food So anyways, yeah, the pockets of wildfire geeks me. I ain't gonna lie. I'm sorry, guys. If I can, I will not be eating on camera again, but as soon as I'm done recording this, I gotta go do things, so. Multitasking. So anyways. Um, Arya and Clegane have made it into the Red Keep. They're inside the room with the big map on the floor. Clegane is like, look, everything's crumbling. Cersei finna die regardless, but if you stay here, you'll die too, so I need you to go back. Now, Clegane's gonna keep going because he's coming to get his brother. Period. Point blank. He don't care. So, you know, they have their little goodbyes. It's sweet. Father-daughter moment. We love. We stand. Um... So Arya goes away. I thought that she was maybe putting on a little act and she still was going to come for Cersei. That's what I was really hoping for. Um, but she really left. But okay. Um, so Gang finally meets up with Cersei and the squad, right? And he is here for the mountain. But the rest of the King's Guard like attacks him first. And he slices them and dice them so quick. It's like five or six dudes he just killed in like three seconds. Weak. All of Cersei's men are weak. So the mountain's like, okay, straight. I wanted to kill you anyway, so let's do this. So he steps forward. And Cersei's like, don't leave my side. And the hand is like, don't leave your queen. And <laughs> I don't know what I am with what I'm doing with these voices. But the mountain like mushes the the hand like straight slaps his head onto a rock and brains all over the place he did that was hilarious and then cersei hits the little tiptoe moves out the way now i'm gonna get right into this fight brother versus brother i was underwhelmed uh it was fine but i wasn't gasping at all watching them fight at all not once um I don't know. I don't understand why 
could Sandor could gain would not just straight go for the head. But then when he finally did go for the head, that didn't work either. So who cares? Um, then he pushes his brother through the wall and falls with him into the fire. And I guess that's a symbolic moment because we all know that the hound was scared of fire because of what his brother did to him. So for him to die in the fire, it's a, it's a moment or whatever. Okay, that's fine. Again, I was very underwhelmed during that fight. Very underwhelmed. So Cersei's on her own now. She makes it down to that map room that we saw before. That's where she runs into Jamie, And that is the part where I was like, great. Arya's hiding in the shadow somewhere. She's about to come get both their asses. She really left. I was like, okay, so why did we bring Arya here? Because I'm pissed. She was supposed to kill Cersei. This is not how this was supposed to go. Like, seriously, what was the point of her leaving Winterfell? So, anywho. Um, the twins have their little incest reunion. There's food on my hair. Um. Oh, Arya just, okay, Arya wasn't there. Arya was back on the ground with the common folk, running through the rubble and the dust and things, trying to survive. And, you know, I guess they, they're using Arya as the tool to see what's happening from the ground. Because usually, an event like this, you would just see Danny. You The camera would be up there with Danny, and you would be seeing her perspective of what's happening. But they wanted us to see what was happening from the victim's POV. So Arya, who we love, was there. And them putting Arya's life in risk that many times, I just did not support. I just don't. Like, what the heck? Um, oh, child, a lot of stuff that happened on the ground, it just annoyed me so much. Um... I don't necessarily blame this on poor writing. I was just annoyed. Arya runs into a mother and daughter. They help her up when she almost gets trampled. It's the same mother and daughter they ran into when they closed the gates on everybody. Um, now, at this point, because the mother helps her up from being trampled, you can just tell that like, Arya has like this emotional connection to them and she wants to help them or whatever. Which I find weird. Because you just met these people and she did you a little favor. Okay, cool, great. You need to go save yourself. Why are you concerned about them? Especially as someone who had a full-on friendship with Gendry since season one. Had a full-on friendship with this dude since you were a child. And then you grew up, and then you had a, a romantic relationship with him. And then just throw him away like nothing when he proposed to you. And that's all fine and well, because you could see it coming like, she ain't no housewife. But how is it that in the same season, Arya can just quickly throw away an emotional connection that she's had for years, but then be pressed over some people that she don't even know their names that she met 30 seconds ago just because they're about to die? Make it make sense. Because it don't to me. I'm sorry. I don't care. Like, 
Because I wanted her and Genji to be together. I th- she ain't got to be no housewife. But I still thought she could have been a wife. I just still thought it could have worked. But whatever. Whatever. So, again, Arya's having a lot of close calls with death. My anxiety is up. I don't like it. I don't want to deal with it. She, she at one point, makes it back to the mother and daughter. And is trying to help them. But then the mother, like, twists her ankle or something and can't run. And then Arya tries to take the little girl. But the little girl's like, no, I'm going back to my mom. And as soon as she goes back to her mom, who comes through? Drogon with the fire. Whoosh. So they're burnt to death. Arya almost gets burnt to death. Man, I'm telling you, I'm annoyed. Woo! So then we cut back to Jamie and Cersei's dumbasses. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I keep saying this, trying not to cuss, but the stupid twins are back down in the bottom of Red Keep trying to make it out of the escape route that Tyrion told Jamie about. But you know, everything's crumbling, so the tunnels are blocked off. They cannot get out nowhere to go so then now they're having these emotional moments and Cersei's breaking down and I'm like I don't want my baby to die and oh my god and I'm like and she's worried about Jamie because he has those stab wounds he's like oh my god you're bleeding and girl didn't you just put a send an assassin to kill him last week and it's last week for us that's probably two days ago for them so Again, make it make sense. Seeing Cersei be real shook, I enjoyed that. I did. But Jamie found her a little too quickly. So now it just got, it got stupid real fast. So they're down there together. And Jamie's like, it's just us. It's just us. And then the tunnel collapses and they're both dead. Literally the single most disappointing part of the entire series. Not just this season. The entire series. That's how Cersei gets to die. In the hands of her brother lover. Under some rocks. After all the people she tortured. She beheaded Missande. Who did not get to say goodbye to Grey Worm. I don't, again, like I said, poor writing. I feel, honestly, I, as do, as many other people do, feel disrespected as a fan. Because that's the one thing we wanted, was a brutal, gruesome, graphic death for Cersei. By the hands of either Jamie or Arya. That's all we wanted. Or Sansa. That's all we wanted, was for her to die. To be tortured and killed. And you couldn't even... Instead, she gets to have some poetic-ass Romeo and Juliet-ass uh, death. I don't know. No, screw that. I don't like it. But <clears throat> just to finish off, we're at the end of the episode. I'm getting annoyed all over again, just recapping. <laughs> I don't know. This episode, it has so much potential. It just, but no. 
So, end of the episode, the final scene, you see Arya getting covered in dust and blood. Ashes and blood, I should say. And, you know, it seems like, you know, all the craziness has ended. There's a lot of dead people in the street. And out of nowhere comes a white horse covered in blood and, 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 and ashes and things. But there it is. Random white horse. And Arya hops up on that horse and heads on out. And at first, it's just like, random horse, okay? I mean, Arya's alive, so I'm, I'm done questioning it because I'm over the episode anyways. Arya lived, and that's all I can take from this. Arya hops up on her ho- white horse. But shout out to the uh, the, t- the Twitter peeps, the tweeps. Um, a lot of people were pointing out a Bible verse, Revelation 6-8. That says, and I looked and behold, a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. So a lot of people were pointing out the fact that, you know, Arya survived and hopped onto that white horse because Arya is death now. And you know what? I'll take that. I'll see where we go with it. Based on the writing we've gotten so far, they probably won't do shit with it next episode, but we will see. But, um, that's that on that. It's only one episode left. Whew! And we will see how it goes. So, predictions, predictions. Um, oh, before I get to my predictions, I also want to point out the little girl, the mom and the girl who was with Arya, the little girl was holding a white horse the entire time. You know, just white horse symbolism, but... Um, predictions for next week, like I said. Um, I feel like Daenerys might come for Sansa because, you know, they already have their beef or whatever. And Sansa snitched or whatever. So, she might come for Sansa. And then that's when Arya step in and be like, oh no, not my sister. And then kill Danny, Or Arya will just find a reason to kill Danny anyways. Like, it doesn't have to be Sansa. Um, or... <laughs> John will kill Danny when she comes for him because Grey weren't finna snitch on him. Like I said before. I don't know. But you know, it don't even have to be for those reasons. Either John or Arya's finna kill Danny. Because remember the, um, especially Arya. Because remember what um, the red woman said. We got Arya killed the brown eyes. Arya killed the blue eyes. She still has green eyes on her list. And it wasn't Cersei. The only other person who has green eyes is uh, Daenerys. So, something to think about. Arya still got green eyes on her list, so. And then people were, like, making predictions that, like, Cersei lived even after being crumpled on or whatever. But that would be, I feel like that would be dumb. That would just be too much. Especially when they try to fit everything else into just one last episode. That's too much to deal with. She did in the most stupid death ever in the entire series of the show. But if someone is going to die at that moment, it would be Jamie. I think they both did, though. But that's that on that. As usual, this is the Binge Bay Podcast. Please follow this podcast on Twitter at the Binge Bay Pod. You can also follow me, Alexandra the Great. At her name is great on Instagram and Twitter. 
And, um, you know, just for fun, follow my cosplay page, The Great Cosplay on Instagram. And that's that on that. Thank you all for tuning in again. I will hopefully have an episode that's more on time for the finale, but we will see how it goes. So thank you for tuning in again. Share with everyone you know, and I will see you next week. All right, peace out.